Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. Welcome back to this episode. I am so out of the moon about this interview today because, you know, there's, you know what happens in life? I mean, I think what happens a lot of times in life is that you run across, and I used to think this didn't happen a lot, but now it's happening more and more, is that you run across a few people in your life that you say, you know what? We're going to be friends forever. We're going to be instant friends. We have each other's back. And it just seems like that's happening more and more to me. And here's what's funny. It's happening during COVID which is even more hilarious. So I just don't believe in anybody saying, well, it's COVID. I can't, you know, create relationships and stuff. So my dear friend, Amberly Lago is here with us today. And I want to tell you about her. One, she's the author of this fantastic book, True Grit and Grace, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. I have been reading the book and making notes in the book and, you know, her story, but I've been also had the wonderful pleasure in December of 2020 during COVID Having been part of a mastermind with her, we were in Vegas and we got to meet each other and spend more time with each other. And she's just an absolute delight. So Amberly, welcome to our show. We're so excited to have you. Oh, thank you. I was just giggling because when you said, when you meet people who have your back and I'm like, Jen, you totally had my back because when I got to meet you in Vegas, I had just been hit by a car and my back was killing me. No, literally like through the crosswalk on my little razor scooter, taken out by a car. And I was in so much pain. And you're like, you know, I didn't want to admit or like be a doggy downer. And uh, <laughs> Charles was like, you're, are you hurting? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, I have one of these little icy hot things you can put on your back. And so you did really have my back. So yeah, I anyway. really did. I forgot about that. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I travel with everything that I possibly could need for my back issues all the time. And, and, and so, so you I was like, I've got all this that. for you. Yeah. Yes. All that, all and that, that so helped. And thank you so much for of having course. me here with your amazing audience. I'm a big fan of yours and your show. So I feel honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. The honor is is completely mine. I want to just give people a little more information about you, that you are a health and wellness coach. You are a TEDx speaker. And by the way, you helped me get on a TEDx myself. So I want to thank you for that again. uh, You're a podcaster as well. I've been on your show, uh, True Grit and Grace. So let me just kind of give everybody else a little bit more about you. You have been recently featured on NBC's Today Show, The Doctors, Hallmark, Good Morning, La La Land, and a contributor to many, many magazines. So I am really just excited for you to tell your story because I know your book is called Grit and Grace, but to me, it's all resilience, right? Everything is resilience for you because that's a word that comes out of your mouth quite frequently. You look at everything as being resilient and your story is pretty incredible. 
And I have some thoughts about it too, but I would like for you to take a second here to share not your scooter score story because that's just a repeat. That was just a little. That's like that was a that repeat. was a piece of cake. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and so I always good. love when you share, Jen. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say. You're so good about helping people get clear on things and <laughs> brainstorm and have big ideas. So I love when we hang out because we're always like, "Oh, let's do this together. Let's do that. Let's yeah. do," you know. And so, yeah, resilience is a big part of my vocabulary. And as our friend C-Rock said to me, he was like, that's not a strong enough word. And I'm like, he goes, the definition means to bounce back. And I'm like, well, I'm changing the definition. (laughs) And I'm saying that resilience is really about bouncing forward and reinventing yourself. And it's really finding the courage to move forward and choosing a life filled with laughter and love, even when things don't go as planned. And so. I talk about resilience a lot only because I have fallen down. I've been broken. I have felt broken mentally, spiritually, and physically. I have lost it all. I had a lean on our house. I lost my career, my confidence. And to get back up, that's resilience. And to get back up 34 times because I had 34 surgeries to save my leg from amputation, I had a lot going for me. I feel like I had a real good life. I worked real hard. I was divorced twice and I finally met the man of my dreams. We had a baby together when we thought we weren't going to be able to have a baby. My career was booming. Living in California. I was like, I'm living the California dream. Finally, I've worked so hard. I've built my career. I have arrived. And then in an instant, everything changed when I got hit by an SUV. I was on my way home from work. I had ran, you know, I was an athlete and sponsored by Nike and doing infomercials and fitness videos. And in a blink of an eye, everything changed when I got hit by an SUV on my motorcycle. And at the time, laying in the street, I looked down once at my leg and I and I didn't want to look again because it was just broken into pieces. There was blood everywhere. And I didn't want to let go of it because I was afraid that my leg would fall off. I felt like my leggings and me holding onto my leg were the only thing keeping my leg together. I got rushed to the hospital. Luckily, I didn't know that my femoral artery was severed and that you could bleed out pretty quickly, but I was bleeding out. My organs were shutting down and they couldn't control my pain. And so they put me in induced coma. And the first thing I learned when I woke up was they said, we're going to amputate your leg. You've got a 1% chance of saving it. There's nothing we can do. We're, it's like a war wound. We're just going to have to take it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. <laughs> you said 1% chance. So we need to find a doctor that's willing to, to take that chance with me because I want to take it. And that took an act of God. It took thousands of prayers. And like I said, 34 surgeries, months in the hospital, but piece by piece and and really years in and out of the hospital, they were able to put my leg back together. And I had no idea just how much it would change my life because I didn't know, I thought things would just get easier. And then I was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome as a result of the trauma to the leg. And that is when the healing journey really began. And I really had to dig deep to not just find resilience, but find the grit 
And then I had to learn about grace, about giving myself the grace to rest and recover, to have some self-love because I did not love myself. I didn't, I hated the way I looked, uh, being deformed and scarred now. And in my book, True Grit and Grace, it's really about the lessons that I have learned along the way and that how powerful the human spirit is and how there is so much power when you realize you have a choice and it's not necessarily your circumstances, but how we view our circumstances and what we decide to do with what's left after something has happened with a trauma or we've lost everything. So it's really about being able to reinvent yourself at any age because I was 43, I think, when I wrote my first book. And then I think I was 48, no, 47, maybe when I did my first TED talk. And so it's never too late. I don't have a college education. You're smart enough. You're capable. If you know your why, you can get through almost anyhow. So I I like to empower people to live their best life. That's where I find my joy and my strength is when I see others turning their cans into cans. Yeah. We see this time and time again, right? We see this with cancer patients looking for the positive to be able to be resilient and come back from cancer. We see, I saw it with Hal Elrod who wrote, the Miracle Morning, who's a friend of mine and been on this podcast too. And he was at death's door and he just kept positive, positive affirmations and whatnot. And the thread that I saw that the gold thread that I read through your entire book was, yes, that resilience and yes, there's an opportunity and I'm not going to give up. But the thing that resonated with me was that Yes, you had gone in, got that for yourself, gave yourself self-love, gave yourself all those pieces. But there was also the external piece of this is that you are not going to leave your family. You are not going to leave them alone. You are not going to show them or demonstrate or be the example of giving up. And I felt that at every pinnacle that was happening, you know, as you wrote your diary and wrote, wrote things in it, it always turned to... I'm going to show my kids what, you know, my, my daughter, what can happen. I'm going to, I'm going to show that I can get through it. I'm going to, you know, not let anybody else down. So talk to us a, a little bit about that, because a lot of times this can be a lonely process that you feel like you're the only one going through. And it's very self, I don't want to say self-centered, but I don't know any other way. Self-centric, right, is what you're going through and People tend to shut others out, right? And say, I just, I can't because it's all about what well, pain has through. a way of doing that. It does. Yeah. So tell mm-hmm. us pain has a way of doing that. And I go back and forth, you know, in it. Well, first of all, to me, family is the most important thing. I mean, of, of course, my health, without my health, I can't enjoy my family. But here I survived this horrible accident and then I could not do anything for the pain. I mean, I was having all kinds of treatments, spinal cord stimulator, ketamine infusion, spinal blocks, spinal radio frequency, Eastern Western medicine. I was on 73 homeopathic pills and 11 different prescription medication. The pain was here to stay. And I discovered alcohol because that numbed it out a little bit and it helped me numb out my feelings of like work. I discovered wine and I was like, how come no one told me (laughs) that this wine would help me? (laughs) And and you know what? It worked. 
until it didn't. And then I was like, oh my gosh, how did a good girl like me end up like this? Like I started drinking every day. So here I'd survived this horrible accident and yet I was slowly killing myself. And I was really, honestly, Jen, I was ready to go. I thought I can't live the rest of my life like this. It's just too much pain. Nobody understands my pain. Nobody's ever been through this. Well, guess what? I guarantee if there's somebody listening right now and you might be saying, well, they wouldn't understand. Nobody's been through, you know, whatever the traumatic experience, whether it's a divorce, you lost your business, you're struggling with your finances, it's a health issue or whatever it is. There is somebody out there struggling with a similar situation. And the thing that really helped me was when I finally took a good hard look at it because I was trying to numb out and pretend like nothing was wrong and trying like on the outside, everything looked kind of normal, except for me being deformed with (laughs) from the waist down. But on the inside, I was dying inside. And what really pulled me through was, you know, it it made me kind of choke up a little bit when you said that you read in the book about how important my family was like, and I remember thinking, I want to set an example of a victor for my daughter, not a victim that of, of resilience. Cause they see everything we do. Oh yeah. And my biggest inspiration has been my girls. And so there were mornings when I thought, how am I going to get out of bed? I'm just hurting too bad. And all I would have to hear is my two-year-old's voice say mama. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I will figure it out. I'm going to do this. And, you know, it's interesting. She doesn't even ever remember me any other day. One night we were sitting about getting the bathtub together and I was looking down at my leg and I said, oh, Ruby, I said, you don't even remember when my leg looked better, do you? And she goes, well, baby, your leg already does look, she goes, she goes, mama, your ba- your leg already does look better. And I was like, oh, baby, you're so sweet. Like out of the mouth of babes, like it was just that shift in perspective. Well, it already does look better, like compared to what? No, it looks good to me. And so, yeah, they've been my biggest inspiration to get me through dark times that, and then by the grace of God, thank, you know, who, you know, I've been sober now for Next month will be five years. Yeah, so that's beautiful. Yeah. And I know one of the things that you, you know, said, and you you probably I know you'll remember this when I when I tell you this, but I pick up on people's phraseology and words and and I know you do too, because you've always had said to me, Can you repeat that? Can you repeat that? <laughs> but you had oh, moved Jen, from- I take notes when you talk. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was like, I take notes when you talk, Jen. Well, thank you. But you know, one of the things you had said is instead of just going, good God, I was saying, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. in the, I, I didn't realize that, but I, you know, I wake up in the morning and how many mornings do we wake up and go, oh my gosh, good God, another day. Right. Instead of good morning, God, like yeah. just shifting it that quick. Oh, and I did it just the other day with my husband. I woke up snoring and I had a little more time to sleep. (laughs) And I was like, oh, good God, he's snoring. And then I was like, no, thank God he's snoring. He's alive. He's breathing. He's he's here with me. I'm blessed. Like it just shifts everything. Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, it reminds me of 212 degrees. Do you know about that? 
the 212 degree video. No. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So at 211 degrees, water is really hot, but at 212, it boils. It's that one degree that makes all the difference. And I saw that throughout the book. I kept thinking, oh my gosh, this is 212 degrees. This is 212 degrees because it's saying, you know, take that one. And and it's funny that you said that 1% and that's what made me think of it. Yeah, because it's that one degree that makes all the difference in the world. That is the difference between losing and winning, right? Being first place and being last. And it's always that, just that little ump that you put into your daily life that brings so much joy, so much joy to everything that you're doing. And that's how I felt. I felt like I was on the journey with you. I felt that I I was ready to turn the page and go, okay, now what? Right now, what's going to happen? Oh, well, right. Like in a bad way. And it was, and and the the flip side of it was, yep, that happened. But how's she going to respond? How's she going to respond? Let me find out how she responds. And that's what I really saw that was just fantastic. And and quite frankly, while I was reading it, you know, I think I was complaining about my neck or something. I'm like, okay, what happened? My neck's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. So I want to talk to you about one of the things that you have shared with us. And I'd like to share it with, with my audience too, is how you can find your superpower through resilience. And I know you do it through a system called PACER. Because the audience is listening, I I want them to have something they can take away and say, how do I get myself some grit and give myself some grace? And I know that PACER is an acronym that you had set up and partly, and I don't know why, I kind of think I know why, but I want you to tell me why, because I'm getting, I'm thinking it goes way back to your, your days of being an athlete, but maybe it's pacing yourself forward. So take the floor away and tell us about PACER. Well, it's interesting because the other day I do a support group for people with chronic pain on Fridays. And the, and one of the ladies got up there and, and she said, if one more doctor tells me to pace through my pain, I'm going to punch them. And I'm like, huh, I've never heard that. I came up with pacer as a way to remind me to do the things that I need to do to get through the day stronger with more resilience because I love to be on the go. I want to do so much. I love to work. I love what I do. So it doesn't feel like work. It feels like joy. And so I had a friend of mine say, Amberly, how do you go to conferences and speak? Because we were driving home from a conference. She was like, how do you do so much when there are a lot of people that have chronic pain that don't get out of bed? Like, how do you do it? How do you get through the day? And so that night I was at home with my dinner and I was hurt and I had my leg up on the table. My husband said, you know what? You really need to pace yourself. And it did kind of piss me off. I don't know (laughs) why, but I was like, don't tell me to pace myself. I am pacing. I said, you know what? I am pacing myself. And these are all the things I'm doing. And I started writing down everything I did to be resilient, to, to do so much throughout the day. And I came up with PACER, which stands for Perspective, Acceptance, Community, Endurance, and Rest. And I'm big on, like, if you saw my desk right now, I love making lists. I love acronyms to remind me of things. I love mantras. And so I like when I'm not feeling good or I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling run down, I will go through this list and see and guarantee there's one or two, 
hopefully not three things that I've left off of the thing. So the perspective part is something, it's the quickest and easiest way to shift your mindset and change the way you feel about your situation. And so we already talked about like the gratitude and so much can change from one simple shift in perspective. And it's really alchemy. It turns what you can't do into what you can do and what you don't have into what you do have. And so I really practice shifting my perspective by counting my blessings, hunting for the good and getting grateful every single day. I start my day with gratitude. I have a gratitude accountability partner. We text every morning. I think it's really important to practice. And then I reach out and tell somebody either with a phone call or a text why I'm grateful for them and just to spread that gratitude and feel it because it's not always easy to have. And then, yeah, yeah, I mean, mean, sometimes it's like hard. Yeah, I think about that too, you know, because a lot of people, I mean, I deal with this in my coaching, right? Not in my coaching, but me coaching other people is people, you know, thinking, well, you did it. You know how to do it because you accomplished it, right? But we didn't just wake up and accomplish. We had ups and downs and all arounds and setbacks and set, you know, setups and, We had all of those things. And when people measure a gap in the sense of what they don't have yet, they measure the gap from where they're at and where they want to be. And they measure saying, well, I don't have, I don't have. And then they focus on that rather than saying, well, if you look down, you're 600 feet off the ground. Look how much you've accomplished. And, you know, I think comparison can be good. Well, it's a thief of joy, I think. But I mean, I really do. I think it's a slippery slope when you start Mm -hmm. comparing. But when I see someone that I'm like, oh, my gosh, they got on that person's podcast or they're speaking at that event or they are just they closed out their coaching or what, whatever. I turn that around and go, oh my gosh, look at what they did. I can do that too. If they did it, I can do it. And I let it inspire me of what I can do because anything is possible. And we look at it from that lens instead of, oh, well, they're just lucky. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, it, It's easy also on social media and as you read somebody's bio to go, oh, well, they're a TEDx speaker. They wrote a book, a best-selling author. And it's like, oh my gosh, it took, it took me two years to write my book and a year through the publishing process. And then the first year of the publishing process, it was crazy. That's another story. And so I want you to know, like, if you're thinking about writing a book or being a speaker or having a new coaching program that we all have times where we're like, it's hard and we have to find the grit to get through But it's being consistent and persistent every single day. It's for me, I think it's really creating those habits that we put in place where we have smart feet. Like for me, I know in the morning, I do my prayer, I do my journal. That's my only time of day where I have time for me, where I set my intentions and then I check in with my accountability partner. And so that's just a non-negotiable. I have to do that. I have to move my body like because moving my body moves my mind. It moves your mindset. It gives you confidence. It makes it releases those endorphins that combat pain and make you feel good, make you feel unstoppable. It gives you energy. 
And so it's those things that we do every day that it's like being very consistent. Yeah. I want to share I think social I, media is hard uh, to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try to stay off as much as I can. I go in just to find out if someone wants to talk to me, but I don't look at a lot of feeds. And it's funny because, you know, people will say, you know, when my mom passed away four years ago, they said, someone said to me like a year and a half later, I didn't know your mom passed away. I didn't see it on Facebook. And I thought, well, why would I put it on Facebook? And I know mm-hmm. people do. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about that, but I chose not to do that. I don't want to share that kind of thing. Interesting. I do um, like truth bombs every day, right? And I, I have a whole box of these. They're from 365 days of truth bombs. But I'm going to tell you what today's is. So I just randomly go and select it. And sometimes I look at it and I go, I don't know what it means. It's going to mean something today. Well, here we are meaning something today. (laughs) Let's see that truth bomb. So this truth bomb is be the person you want to fall in love with, right? And that person that you want to fall in love with is someone who has gratitude, not someone who's a complainer, not someone who's a naysayer. And as we're talking about the persistence, I'm thinking about that same thing, you know, saying, I want to fall in love with the person I want to be. So I have to be that first, mm-hmm. right? That's the first step. So let's talk about acceptance. Well, that's hard, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard for and, me. Yeah, I did. I mean, it it was hard for me to accept a lot of things, but because I did not want to accept, I kept trying so hard to rebuild what was broken and get back back to bounce back, like the resilience bounce back to my old life. And it wasn't working. And it wasn't until I was bleeding out, my stitches busted open from some surgery. And my husband was like, get off the gym floor. You're bleeding out across the gym floor that I was like, this is not serving anyone. I'm not serving my clients. Well, I'm not serving myself. And I'm certainly not serving my family. Well, when I get home and I'm in so much pain, I can't do anything. And so sometimes I think we have to really accept where we are and it it can be hard. But when we do, it's like, wow, it allows us to open the door to so many other possibilities. I mean, I love fitness. I still have a handful of clients that I work with that I've had for one for 20 years, one for 15 years that I mean, I saw one today. That's why I have on workout pants underneath my dress right now <laughs> on Zoom. Which I know, which we all do. It's all good. <laughs> Run up from the waist up, baby. That's right. Yeah. Well, I just think that when we accept where we are, when we start where we are, it allows us to use what we have and do what we can. And when I finally accepted where I was, it was like, oh, well, what else could I do? How else could I be useful? How else could I be of service in a more impactful way? And that's when I went back and got certified to be a life coach. And so I didn't have to stand on my feet all day. I could sit more and still work with people. And that's when I decided to write a book and then I started getting asked to speak. And then it just like one door opened and then another one and then another one. And I just kept taking one step at a time, one day at a time. 
And then these promises came true of me just having a full life again and connecting with people that just in building meaningful relationships. And that's the next part of Pacer is community. And I think when you can really be authentic, like accept where you are, take action, be in authenticity, you connect with a community. And when we have Community, it's powerful. You know, we're stronger together. I I mean, in everything we do, like I have a friend who just did a book launch and she is number one bestseller right now. And it's because, well, she's an amazing person. Her book is called B, just giving her a little plug there. Yeah. (laughs) But she had a warrior tribe of women that were like, going live with her on Instagram, doing clubhouse rooms with her, doing Facebook lives. Like she got, and it's more powerful when you have a group of people around you to kind of be cheerleader and, and do it together, then it's more powerful. And I think that, you know, once I finally accepted things and admitted I have a problem and I started reaching out to a community, I realized, oh, I'm not alone in this. There are so many other people that are struggling with this same situation that I'm going through. And once we realize that, it's like, oh, it gives you a sense of hope and relief and like, oh, we can do this together. Because man, it takes a lot of endurance being an entrepreneur. And that's the next part of Pacer is endurance. And I think that there was a funny quote that actually Gregory just posted in a story that Elon Musk had said, and somebody said, had asked on Clubhouse, what are some words of wisdom you would give an entrepreneur to keep them motivated? And he said, if you're an entrepreneur, don't be an entrepreneur if you're not motivated because you need to be motivated. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Like, look in the mirror, look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yep, you got to have that endurance. And I think that's where you're, I mean, you can't be, you know, this is, I mean, not a hard shell, not a weakness or anything, but you can't be meek in your passion. You have to be really strong in your passion. It takes a lot to stick your neck out and, you know, not rely on other people to sustain your livelihood. It takes, well, I think it really, you have to love what you do. Yeah. That passion. There are. For me, I think there has to be some love behind it because (laughs) love is a force to be reckoned with. And when you love what you do, Jen, I've learned something from you when we were Uh together and it was really (laughs) something I love that you do. Well, and two, in your interview on my podcast, y'all go listen to her interview because you just drop such nuggets of of wisdom, but you are very intentional about where you spend your time Mm -hmm. and your boundaries. You've got real healthy boundaries and you're passionate about what you do, but you make sure that you spend your family time too. I really learned a lot from you about just, I sent you an email once and you're like, I'll get to that on Monday morning, you know? And I was like, (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. You know, because for me, I'm just like, you can be spread thin when you're an entrepreneur and you, and there's that FOMO of, oh, I don't want to miss out on that. I better say yes. Or I better do that. Especially clubhouse right now. Right. There's, I call it circling the drain. Because everyone's just on there to be on there. And so when when I was there, I mean, so I'm just letting you know about how this how this kind of works. Is, you know, I felt myself kind of circling the drain. And I finally said, 
I'm turning off the notifications on Clubhouse yeah. because they bother me. I mean, and, and I wish there was a better way than, you know, the way they have it. It creates anxiety. Oh, it does. And so I turned off all the notifications. So I have to turn them back off every week. I turn them off. I don't need the notifications because Clubhouse is a strategy for me. And so I backed off and I said, you know what? I don't need to be on here all the time. Let me back up. Let me do what I do best, which is plan and strategize, you know, in my practice. And I came up with a strategy. What did I want as a result? What was I going to be selling, you know, not selling, but pitching or sharing or whatever, you know, and, and asking for help for what groups were, were I willing to go in versus not? Because if someone pings me, I feel like FOMO, right? And I yeah. don't want to go into a group just because someone pinged me. And it's just our natural way of doing things. And, and I gave myself one clubhouse a week that I just go in and go, hey, I just want to see what's going on. But the rest of them are very, very intentional, broken out through the day, broken out, you know, through everything. And I think that that is where, I mean, going back to some acceptance too, I think, you know, acceptance and the endurances is that accepting the fact that I don't have to be everywhere. Well, something that you said to me is really powerful is being in demand and not on demand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, look, I had to turn my notifications off too because I was getting constantly pinged yeah. to go into rooms. And some people I didn't even know. I'm like, who's pinging me to go into this room? I don't yeah. even know who that is. But like yeah. today at six o'clock this morning, I had my first interview at seven this morning. So at six o'clock this morning, I got pinged to go into a room and I went in and it was like a group of powerful women, some of my good friends, and they made me a moderator. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm like, it's like a dopamine hit. It like, is. It is. Yeah. You know? And then I was like, I, I got to get off of here. I got to like make breakfast for my daughter. I have to wake her up for school first, you know, I got to get off clubhouse. Right. But I had to turn my notifications off because it is like, if you've got stuff to do, if you're getting notified all of a sudden, I'm like, how did I just spend two hours on clubhouse? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, and I also learned and, you know, and not to talk all about clubhouse. I mean, we love it and stuff, but I also learned that I don't have to stay all the way to the end. I can pop yeah. in and out. And I think that was something that, that was important for me too. So let's talk about R because this yeah. is exactly where we're heading with this, right? I need to pop in and out and get some rest. That four letter word, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, it's just really hard for me. I mean, I'm still yeah. learning. And as I was breaking this down and telling my husband about Pacer that I created on a dinner napkin to remind myself to be resilient, I was like, yeah, perspective, going through that acceptance, community, endurance, and the last part, rest. And he's like, you are so full of it. He was like, <laughs> you don't rest. And I was like, well, I'm learning to. And I right, really right. wanted to call it just pace, but I've learned over and over and over the hard way that rest, recovery, just like rebooting yourself sometimes. Right. It rejuvenates is, you. Yeah. It's you can't be resilient without recovering and resting. And if you really want to be resilient, you can start by strategically stopping like you did with the clubhouse. Yeah. And so like yeah. stop the notifications. Like I have my calendar here. I'm old school. I put it on my computer, but I still yeah. have like things written out on yeah. my calendar and highlighted. And if I don't write times for me to eat and rest, and I know that sounds crazy. Now I have the same eat, thing. Eat, rest. Yeah. And then at night, I even 
have like I have a morning ritual and I have a nightly ritual. Mm-hmm. And at 845 every night, my phone goes on do not disturb. So if it and last night my husband was out and he got home and he's like, you got to stop that do not disturb thing yeah, because there could be you. an emergency <laughs> and I can't get a hold of you. Yeah, yeah But yeah. I, I set like an alarm to flash when it's like yeah. time to start winding down for bed. It's your bedtime. So start yeah. drinking your tea take a bath or a shower yeah. or whatever your ritual is yeah. to yeah, start whatever winding your down. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've also, I've also had to learn like how, like you were talking about how much time to, to put into clubhouse. I've learned how much time, when is the best time for me to do my most important work? When is the best yeah. time for how many interviews can I do in a day? How many clients can I do in a, in a day? And then the rest part is also like finding ways to, rest and recover when you're in too much pain to fall yeah. asleep. Cause that yeah. happens to me. It happened to oh, me last yeah. night and I'm up at midnight with my leg outside the covers. Cause it hurts so bad. I couldn't even have the bed sheet on it. Right. On and it. so, you know, it, and it took a long time. It took years to get into a schedule where I can actually sleep through the night, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I know it, it's hard, but it's so important for your resilience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think all of this has been fantastic. And I, you know, I love Pacer and, and I'm looking down to down at it as I'm talking because I saved it. I wanted to make sure that I was looking at it on a daily basis. And it's almost like my, my daily ritual has turned into acronym world because I do savers and I do Pacer and I do this other thing called smile and <laughs> all these acronyms that are leading me through my life. And I, I think it's really cool. In fact, I'm probably going to do a book about it because there's so many people that have so many acronyms that have something to do about it. I would love to do a collaborative book with everyone's acronyms, right? And yeah. Because I have what a great idea. Right. I have launch. And, you know, so I, I have that acronym that I use in my business. You use it in yours. And I just think, you know, a whole acronym book that would, you know, could be separated by health and wealth and business and family and all these crazy acronyms. I think would be the coolest book in the whole world. I do so, too. You always have the, such great ideas. Uh, well, we'll see if we can get it into play, right? I want to see. And actually, I have a meeting with Greg about it. I have a meeting with I was with just going to say, book. you know what? You need to talk to Greg about oh, it. Oh, I already that man do. Can, yep. Yep. That man I'm, can get a book out in like a week. I know. I know. Yep. I already have that with him. But, I, you know, Amberly, I mean, I'm just so blessed in my whole life to have, you know, to have you in my life. And I know that we'll be, have the opportunity to be touching each other again at another event, you know, sometime out of COVID. But um, I I'm just I excited. feel so blessed to have you in my life. I just <laughs> adore you. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I feel um, so grateful for you. And so appreciate you having me on your show. Thank yeah. you. Of course, of course. So I will have links below, but what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you if they want to explore more opportunities with you? Well, you know what? Just so you don't forget, I want them, if you like that acronym, but you want a little guidebook, I created a little book for your listeners. And if you text the word GRIT to 818 214-7378. You'll get your downloadable goals, grit, and grace playbook. I say playbook because I like to play, but yeah, you can reach out to me. You can even text me. If you don't want the playbook, just text me. That's my phone number and my text number. And you can reach me at amberlylago.com. 
come hang out with me on Instagram and see my crazy behind the scenes on Amberly Lago Motivation. You can check out Jen's interview on my podcast, True Grit and Grace. I, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, and I know. It'll be released it a couple of days from when we're talking right here. But yeah, it was released yeah. a month ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And it's, it's by now top of the charts right oh, now. Oh, well, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Amberly. It's been a blessing to have you here today. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I know that it has resonated with others. And I know that someone will have an aha moment that we'll never even know. We'll never even know how it affected someone's life, but I'm positive that someone has been affected by what they've heard from you today. So Thank you. Thank you again. And just as a reminder, everybody, you can get her book, True Grit and Grace on Amazon. It's a bestseller. Get it. It's a really easy read, but prepare yourself because you have to be in the right mindset. This is not a technical book. This is a life story, something really, really important. You don't want to skim through the pages. You want to take the time to read it and take it in and journal about it. So thank you so much for being with us today. I sure appreciate it. Oh, thank you. All right. We will catch you next time on Success to Significance. And again, if you are enjoying what you are hearing and what we're sharing with you, please feel free to write us a great review and give us a five-star rating. And we will catch you next time. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.